0: Well, again, thank you so much to all of those who have helped with our worship service. For those who have provided our music, for our praise team, for Gary Brubaker, who has put our music together, for Randy, uh, Randy Cook, who has been our, our organist and offering our preludes, for uh, Dave Redmore, who offered our special music this morning. Um, thank you so much for offering and sharing your gifts and your talents. We appreciate it so much. Uh, also for Sharon Cook, who was our liturgist this morning. Um, gosh, thank you so much for all of you who have just, um, who have just offered yourselves. Um, we appreciate it. And for those who have been a part of our outdoor worship service as ushers and greeters, set up and tear down, thank you so much. We, um, we do this all together. This is not something that one individual can do on their own, but as a community together, we, we, we offer these. So um, as we continue and as we close out this series, um, we're talking about the parables of Jesus uh, and how Jesus used parables or stories to, uh, to, to help teach. And they varied in length. Some are shorter, some are longer, some are just brief, and some go in full detail. They're found in, uh, in all of the Gospels, and some are repeated. So we're looking at what these stories have to teach us. We've looked at the story of the persistent widow, at The Lost Sheep, at Wicked tenants, and today at Invited Guests. So, would you pray with me? God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Well, I was... uh, I was watching a show recently. I don't even remember what the show was, but I was watching a show um, and Steven asked me what I thought of it. And I kept saying, I don't think I like it. I don't think I like this. I'm not sure I'm a fan. Um, And then all of a sudden when it ended, I just found myself weeping. Like, you know that ugly cry? Like I just found myself sobbing. And what I realized is that the story of the show had pulled me in and I cared about the characters. I wanted the best for them. I wanted their life to be good. And so this whole time when I kept saying, I don't think I like it. I don't know. I'm not sure I'm going to finish it. And I just went, I am so moved and and just so satisfied. And that's what a good story really does. I mean, it's not necessarily that you sit there and think, gosh, I don't think I like it, but a story pulls you in. It brings you into whatever it is, and then you just find yourself lost in there. Steve Jobs said that uh, the most powerful person in the world is a storyteller. The storyteller sets the vision, values, and agenda of an entire generation that is to come. Stories help create worlds for us. And, and sometimes we lose ourselves in stories. We, we find ourselves just lost in imagination or wonder. And also, I think sometimes we find ourselves in stories. Maybe it is through feeling lost and, and just in imagination that we discover who we are or who we want to be. Now, the same way that Steve Jobs said that uh, the most powerful person is the storyteller, Walt Disney said the same thing, but in a slightly different way. Walt Disney said, that is what we storytellers do. We restore order with imagination. We instill hope again and again and again. That's what we storytellers do. Now, you know about stories. You have experienced stories. You've told stories. You know what it feels like to get lost, or maybe to find yourself weeping, or to find yourself. Now, when we hear these stories, whatever story it is that we hear, it's, it's usually pretty rare for us to hear a story and not identify with the hero. We like to be the protagonist. We like to be the hero of, of, of the story. We usually identify with a positive portrayal usually now occasionally there are those stories that are convicting those stories that challenge us to do and to be better i mean that's what a good story should do and so jesus told these stories these parables and and told these parables really to invite a response and sometimes that response was different um sometimes it was to be closer to god Sometimes it was to be closer to one another or to treat one another better. Sometimes it was, it was stories to like change directions or pass along warnings. I, I feel like in all of the stories and with much of what Jesus taught, that usually you can track them all back to what Jesus says are the two greatest commandments. To love God with your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. And to love your neighbor as you love yourself. And so uh, we have this parable this morning, the parable of the invited guests. And this parable is told in different ways in the Gospel of Matthew. Um, It's got a slightly different twist and ending to it. Um, So you can see the the differences in how these stories may have been interpreted by different communities um, and told in different ways. But this story of um, the invited guests, when I was growing up, we had this song that we learned that was about this parable. I don't know, maybe you have it too. Um, I cannot come. I cannot come to the banquet. Don't trouble me now. I have married a wife. I have bought me a cow. I have fields and commitments that cost a pretty sum. Does anybody know that? Does anybody? I hope that you were singing along with me, but I got to be honest, if you weren't, I'm having a good old time singing it myself. So um, I don't know. Is that familiar to you? But, um, you know, sometimes sometimes when we sang that song as kids, we were like, I have I have married a cow. I have bought me a wife. You know, kid stuff. Um, but I think that actually there's something in there. Anyway, I'll, I'll get back to that. So song, um, help to learn the story. Um, but the basic gist of the story, there was an invitation to the party, people turned it down, and then everyone got invited to the party. That's like the nutshell, nutshell version. So let's go a little bit deeper. So on the, ex- the excuses that folks give of why they can't, can't come to the party, on the surface, they sort of make sense. I can't come to the party because I have work to do. I have land to maintain. I have a marriage to tend to. Those are all very, like, logical and valid reasons. I I mean, as a human being, I can understand those. I've probably used some of them at at some point. However, they're a little... Well, so it says that I, I can't come because I, I bought a plot of land and I have to go check it out, which means that I've never seen this plot of land before. I'm seeing it for the first time after I've bought it. It was really rare that something like that happened, that you bought land after or you, you saw the land after you bought it. So there's a little bit uh, as Jesus would be telling the story, a little bit of absurdity to that. Like so a little bit of suspicion. Um bought a plot of land I've never seen it before. That's suspicious. I bought oxen. I got I bought oxen and I have to go test them out. That's weird. You bought oxen before you tested them out. So you spent money on these oxen. You don't know if they're going to do the job that you bought them for. That's weird. So there's some weirdness to these excuses. And then I I just got married. I can't come to this party because I just got married. So you can't go to anything ever again or I mean there was a certain level of like social debt that people had to one another with weddings like I went to that wedding and so now I have to go to this wedding so so is it well now I'm done with weddings all for the rest of my life because I had mine done That's suspicious That's weird So these excuses start to break down a little bit. So the party thrower says, fine, go out into the streets and invite anyone and everyone that you find. Now, especially the people who wouldn't normally get invited. And when the party still isn't full, he says, go further, invite even more of those who wouldn't get invited, keep going. And it's still not full. So here's the story. We've got these people who are, who are invited and turn it down and, and then people who get invited that probably don't get invited to parties very often. And when we hear this story, well, who are you in this story? Because let's be honest, we like to be the heroes. So, would you be one of those making excuses not to come? Let's be real now, it's just you and me. Would you? I hope I wouldn't. But I have fields and commitments That cost a pretty sum. Oh, Lord, I cannot make it. I cannot come. Who are you in this story? A few years ago, um, I had a a youth group event that I was doing. And... um, as a part of it, we had, uh, the leadership and I, we had, um, we had decided that we were going to do, we were ending the event with this hunger banquet. And as a part of the hunger banquet, the lesson was that, um, that everyone had like a different group that they were associated with and for which that they would be assigned to. Um, and it showed how the wealth of the world was distributed. So we had, uh, and, and they would have food com- given to them. Uh, based on their, the group that they were assigned to. Um, and so this was their dinner for the night, that this was how they would eat and we would talk about it. There would be a lesson that went along with it. Um, and so the largest group, which symbolized most of, the, most of poverty or most of the working poor in the world, um, the largest group received one bowl of rice to share among them. And then like the medium-sized group, they got one bowl of rice and one bowl of beans to share among them. And then there was a smaller group that had individual bowls of rice and beans that they had. Um, and then we had the smallest group, which uh, which ended up to be just one person. And this one person um, had uh, had. Trays of deli meats and cheeses and bread, and that was their dinner. And so all of this was randomly assigned. Um, they pulled cards as they walked into the dining room, uh, so it was all uh, all random. We had no agenda, nothing that was doing knew this. And um, so this was a, a pretty mixed group of of students um, from different from different communities, different towns, uh, and. and Um, uh, so there was one of the girls that was there that, um, I don't know. She was the one that everyone just picked on. And, and we didn't tolerate bullying and we squashed anything that happened. And, and yet it happened. And so, um, when she came up to me and showed me her card she was in the top group. She was the one. And so um, when she sat down at the table, there was a lot of annoyance and grumbly because, I mean, she was the one that they usually would try and keep out of things. Um, they make fun of her because of how she talked or what she wore. And, and so when she sat down, there was a lot of like, oh my gosh, I mean, a couple of girls pulled me aside and they said, it's not fair that she gets everything. She's so weird. And then another group said, let's be real. Does she really deserve it? I mean, shouldn't it go to like cooler people? And as a youth leader, as a pastor, as a youth leader and as a pastor, my heart broke. I I told these these groups that how inappropriate that was, and and that's not how we treated or talked about people, and I felt like a failure. And then um, yeah, then the other adults and I sort of whispered to each other like, "Isn't it justice that she's been chosen?" And then I looked over. And here was this girl sitting at the table by herself. And she just sort of had her head down. And, and I saw her shoulders shaking. And she was just crying. And so I walked over and I, I said, well, what's wrong? And she said, this isn't fair. It's not fair. And I don't like it. Now. Nah. I said, well, what's not fair? It's not fair that no one else get this and they should. I said, well, what would you like to do? And she sat for a few minutes and she looked at what was all before her. And then I saw her wipe, wipe her face. She stood up and she took one of the trays And she walked around to each group, making each person a sandwich. And there was this awkward silence as the group started eating. And finally, one of the members of the group said, why did you do that? We're kind of mean to you all the time. I mean, if I were you, I would have eaten it all myself and maybe even laughed at everyone else. And in this most eloquent moment, she stood up and she cleared her throat. throat) And she said, you're right, you're not very nice to me. And sometimes that really hurts. But Jesus reminds me that we love each other all the time. It doesn't help me to keep this for myself, but I want you all to be a part of this party with me. And Pastor Melissa tells us that everyone is welcome at communion, and so I think this is kind of the same thing. We're all welcome at this table, and I know what it feels like to not be invited, and I don't want anyone else to feel that same way. So, Sandwiches for everyone, because Jesus loves me and you. It was a lesson that no one could have planned or penned, but we all got it. It was a living parable. So who needs to be invited to the table? Someone who maybe hasn't been? Someone who's been ignored or maybe overlooked? There's a quote that goes around that says, when you have more than you need, build a bigger table, not a higher fence. Because everyone is welcome to the party. Sandwiches for everyone. Invitations right now seem a little hard. We literally don't want to invite everyone to gather in person right now. So how do we make someone feel welcome or loved or appreciated? Making spaces as safe as possible offering a listening ear. I think it's also in the words of the song that Dave sang this morning. Come out of sadness, from wherever you've been. Come broken-hearted, let the rescue begin. Come find your mercy. O sinner, come kneel. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. You've been invited. Who hasn't? Now God invites everyone to the party. Let's be very clear that all are welcome. Who needs to know that? There's probably someone in your life that needs to know that God loves them, that God is with them, that God is for them. They're not alone. How can you tell them? And then how can you show them? There's still room. Sandwiches for everyone. Because Jesus loves me. And Jesus loves you. All are welcome. There's still room. Amen.